man, that's pretty. We could do a duet. It's a privilege for me. She's 28. He's 88. It's whether or not they want to sing with me, though. I don't know. I told you, I don't like to be anywhere but cheek to cheek when you're in the room. An amazing privilege. Rod's done a duet with you. Too much, you guys. Mixed power is physical and visual. David's a steel and big. I was thrilled to work with you. Let's hope we do it again. We sing all the time, duets, you know. So I was thinking, this sounds kind of Italian. So I called Zuccaro. What I did find on So, or only on the CD release of So, a song with Laurie Anderson. Mm. It's older than the album So. It was like thrown on as a kind of extra, but it was actually released on Laurie Anderson's 1984 album called Mr. Heartbreak, Mm. written and produced by both of them. So this is the first total collaboration I think we're going to talk about. Okay. Wonderful. first heard it i was thinking in my sort of critical towards gab's uh, sort of state of mind and i was like yeah this is so fucking talking heads it hurts like mm. um but then again then you told me about the other version and so and that was in 83 was it late 83 84 mm. so and then looking into laurie anderson and how she like um came on the scene because she just sort of made performance art and then they made it into an album for that first album she made and then looks like Gabs has got involved for the yeah. for her second album yeah and um started you know oh hey i can uh, help you out he's you could call him not a parasite but he likes to use other sort of maybe People who are cooler than him. Well, this was a very collaborative era, maybe. Yeah. Especially in the art pop world. It's like slightly different to the prog world. It's like a lot a lot more collaborative than the prog world. The prog world was very kind of Mm. each band does their own thing and it might all sound kind of similar. But the art pop kind of avant pop, whatever you want to call it, it's like it's it's a little bit more collaborative, I'd say. I was looking to see where they where they could have crossed paths and I think it might be Robert Fripp because the, I think Fripp was living in New York. He knew Laurie Anderson. Adrian Ballou was the guitarist that's on Mr. Heartbreak album and 1981 version of uh, King Crimson. That's the band I'm trying to think of. King okay. Right. So I think it's yeah. that because Gabriel used to be produced by Fripp. Uh, also in the King Crimson was a, the bassist that's on most of Peter Gabriel's work, Tony Levin. A lot of crossover stuff there. Yeah. So, so, mm. which I listened to uh, this week. Yeah. How did that go? Well, i got to say, at the beginning, it was quite a horrific experience. 
Um, <laughs> it was because I basically had made up my mind about Gabs. And, yeah. Um, it's just his, the lyrics. Not, he doesn't really have any respect for kind of songwriting, really. Like the lyrics are sort of always flatulent and kind of flabby and like could have been a lot more concise and kind of he doesn't really care like sort of like navel gazy sort of imagery he's like well that's fine that's what lyrics are sort of thing mm-hmm. doesn't really get that these things can make a sort of impression on a you know on a kid's kid who's listening to it and go you know wow that's hooky or whatever i mean i think actually he does get there in this album but like i listened to all, all the albums to up to it as well no only like the first three tracks i skipped but i was just like trying to find out like his because i haven't fucking ever bothered listening before and i was like it was interesting kind of going through them and you just go oh 79 sounds exactly like the 79 bowie album oh 81 again sounds exactly like bowie like a massive bowie copyist and he wants to be art rock and everything was it um, though? Is that maybe just your um, prejudice that you know, because you know Bowie inside out? So, I mean, maybe it's my prejudice, but I think like Bowie's just like Gabriel really wants to be weird, like, and Bowie just is weird, right? And like, that's the difference. <laughs> yeah, when Bowie slip, slips on a mask, he's still Bowie, whereas when exactly. Gabriel slips on a mask, he's he's totally he becomes someone else. He sort of loses himself. And he is lost when he's on being that. So it's not that interesting because he, whereas exactly like what you said, when Barry slips on a mask, he's he's still present. No. But Gabriel's not present anymore. Like he's just not there. And, and he's I, covered in production as well. Exactly. I found myself thinking, fucking hell, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would. I fucking knew you would. After a while. And it was the production and not just production, but like the hooks. There's so many hooks in it. And Sledgehammer, of course, that yammed, Sledgehammered into my consciousness when it first came out. Mm, yeah. And so I just looked into the, like, the making of So and like Daniel Lanois, who yeah. also did like Achtung Baby and Joshua Tree. And he really forced Gabriel to sort of refine things a lot and like locked him in the studio, smashed up his phone. And, um, you know, he made him make some more concise lyrics, even though they're still claptrap. And the hooks, like, on fucking Sledgehammer, that guitar is like, like, I wanna be dun 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 Yeah, but this, this, like, it's amazing. Yeah, but (laughs) that is because it's based on pure R&B. That's why it's good. Nearly the whole, the rest of the album, to me, is just like this dirge. Like, I did read that Sledgehammer was this one that he kind of brought up at the end of the sessions after everything else yeah. is done and yeah and he goes I've, and i have got this and it feels like he's just released all that angst that's in yeah. the, all the other tracks and right now i'm just going to do something fun and the rest of the band have reacted really well they're like fucking hell at last there's something that's yeah. actually fun to play and then they go oh this is the single because everything else sounds like shit now now we've done this <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. sounds amazing yeah Totally. Let's talk about the song. The original version is so much nicer than yeah. the So version. And it's like, I actually hated it on So. And then when yeah. I heard the original, I was like, oh shit, I had, it really made me have to... Actually, I think that might have been the point where I had to re-look at Peter Gabriel when I heard that version. And then I was like, well, that's not just Laurie Anderson, that is Peter Gabriel producing that. 
and um, he is pretty, uh, you know, experimental and influential in a production sense. On like, this song? Not necessarily on this song, but just in general. His, his career. production in his career was really influential on, of dance music and like tons of things that came after. And that right. whole 80s sound, actually, fucking Collins and Gabriel came up with that fucking snare sound. Yeah. Which is on fucking Bruce Hornsby, it's on fucking Michael Jackson, it's on like everything. And this is what I've always tried when I'm producing drums to get, put a gate on it. Oh yeah, gated snare, cool. And it never quite sounds like quite what you want. I think it was a um, mistake, wasn't it? Or a kind of a it lucky, was a mistake, yeah. Because it was actually from the room, like not from like the snare. An overhead, yeah. And so an overhead, and so you're getting a sort of big acoustic, and then like a sudden cut off. Yeah. So and in comparison, Laurie's version, the, the one yeah. that's on Laurie's album, like she brings humour to exactly to it. She yeah. has She has like such a humorous edge to everything she does like i've heard mm. peter gets rid of all of that in his version i know he just makes it sound so serious and yeah. like just earnest and earnest and oh man i mean how do you like i don't like, know, know how he did it because how does he do it because versions like, it's like they're fucking they're the same song but fuck yeah. That's horrible, and that's great. Instantly, she has a little bit of vocoder noise in it, which is her kind of signature. She used the vocoder a lot. Yeah. And then she has, like, these kind of comedy pipes that sound like a, like a stuttering train whistle that's like... Yeah, they're cool. And, yeah. yeah, they're cool. And, like, that could be a train, that could be a jungle bird. And it's fucking... It's your pipes. The, the pipes mm. you were talking about, they're back. Yeah. Like, this is before um, Don't Give Up. Be, this is, yeah. And those pipes are there. Right, that little um, do, 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 like is yeah. it a riff or a, a figure or a motif or whatever it is, it's that yeah. simple and it just goes through the whole song, doesn't it? Yeah, and everything kind of sits on that. But her bass line is like sometimes missing, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. It's like kind of in and out, and there's no synth pad behind everything. It's kind of empty in that way even though there's lots of little effects and stuff it's like there's no kind of background atmosphere to kind of keep it all together like like peter's she's quite happy for it to be this playful little um she's experimental you know mm. experimental artist experimental musician um just ex like exploring aesthetics yeah and i think her, her aim is universal it's like mm. you could you could play this to kids and yeah. they'd love it oh. it doesn't have a furrowed brow but mm. as soon as you get to fucking so, it's got the most furrowed brow you can <laughs> fucking imagine. Like a bit of verb just to make the furrow Deeply. go further. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like a, it's a wrinkle in the forehead. It so. really is. It's like a hard wrinkle that can't be removed. Like, <laughs> oh, that, that gaps. Yeah. Laurie Anson, her fucking first single, Oh Superman, mm. number two. In the British charts, number two. Number two, yeah. And it is spoken word, vocoder, quite long, uh, no hook. Like, what's going on there? It's John Peel, isn't it? He managed to make something number two. It got to, like, um, top 20 in lots of countries after, mm. after it got to number two in the UK. Must be the novelty of it. Like, no one's heard... Yeah, quite for like sure. It before, yeah, for sure. That's pure, pure novelty. And, and after yeah, it wasn't. That, it wasn't nothing... just John Peel that made it a hit. I mean, he just kind of put it out there, and then other DJs 
as soon as they heard it, they wanted to play it because it just sounds so different. Yeah, but I can't imagine, I can't think of any other, like, you know, top 10 single that is in any way as kind of weird as, as and sort of just ambient. and. It's really fun. It is really fun. And that was from a National Endowment grant. This little tiny record that just released Audio Works by Visual Artists, they applied for some funding, got $500, and the label owner, this guy called Bob George, he gave it to Laurie and said, look, make Oh Superman. I want that to be on my record label because he was Laurie's co-director of her stage show. So he gave her the money to make it. They made like a thousand copies or something, individually wrapped, mail ordered to people that would normally get audio recordings of avant-garde artists. Yeah. So this guy, Bob George, had also edited and released a book called Volume, which is an international discography of the new wave. And it's like a directory of records, labels, fanzines, all this stuff. And this was a must-have for cutting-edge radio DJs. So John Peel had this book, thought, right, he knows stuff that's going on in New York. Got in touch with him, said, can you do a segment for my show? You can play whatever you like for a certain amount of time and talk about what's happening in New York. And mm. so he did the show and put Oh Superman, his own record, his own label's yeah. record, onto the show. And then John Peel started playing it and then... The other DJs heard it, or the Radio 1 um, yeah. programmers heard it and thought, right, maybe put this on to other shows as well, because it's great, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but it's great. The UK distributors got in touch with this tiny label and said, mm. can we order you know, 50,000 copies or something mm. like that? And he was like, uh, and he asked Laurie Anderson, and Laurie Anderson was like, oh, well, some people from Warner Brothers have been to my show and been trying to come to some kind of deal with what, what I do. So maybe I'll ask them. So she basically asked Warner Brothers and they gave her an eight album deal. Fucking <laughs> hell. Eight album deal on the back of that. For some like art performance art stuff. Yeah. Basically. The whole futurism thing was massive. Like everyone was like, the next thing yeah. could be it. You know, we don't know where this is going to go. Technology since, you know, who knows? So let's, punt on that all these synthesizers sound interesting oh, but then, to do uh, that, that with a voice oh. that could have been a duet she has a conversation in it she's talking on the phone isn't she she's like she plays someone's mom um phoning someone up to see if they're all right and yeah. instead she gets this other voice that's like i don't know from another dimension or something i can't quite remember who this other character is mm. she talks to you like you're a toddler that's what I get. Yeah. From her. She, she, and she also performs like that on, on the video. She kind of does wide eyes, big smiles, and it's mm. like very kind of direct and soothing, like the way she yeah. kind of talks. I like the video as well. I was just like studying both of their faces, like what is it that one of them has and the other one has not. Laurie Anderson's just cheeky. Everything she does is kind of like her eyes go up to the sky and she has a little bit of a smile and yeah kind of and he sort of <laughs> sort of i don't know i feel like, like it's sloth. i think she's in charge mm. definitely i think he probably respects her as a performance artist and he probably took a back seat and was like well, what do you want me to do and i think it comes across as like we're watching like the result of gabriel's performance art therapy weekend and yeah. Laurie is guiding him <laughs> yeah. and encouraging him, but without getting in the way, 
or taken over. You know, mm. this is his spotlight. They've done the weekend's work, and this is like Sunday evening show for his wife that's come to watch. <laughs> and she just kind of sits back and just kind of watches, and yeah, she's so warm and encouraging. Mm. And, and the shaved-headed wife is is watching on, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going, what the fuck's going on now? Oh. And he's what is he dressed in? Like he's dressed in this kind. He's, she's got her kind of normal gear that's the way she presented herself at the time with the spiked hair and the monotone yeah suit yeah and, and she, he kind of dressed the same yeah he joins in he's like he's game he's like yeah i'll, I'll do i'll do it yeah whatever like he's slicks his hair back and he's got like a tailored head chef jumpsuit and he's, but his, his trousers like oh his bum just looks weird in it like, well that's because that position that he's in he's got his, yeah. what, his one foot on the chair and his bum is just kind of like vibing. Oh no, it's really it's still, isn't it? And then he just kind of does these jolts, these kind of spasms, these talking heads kind of spasms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he looks so sort of like un, in one way, sort of uninvolved, but in <laughs> another like, way, the sort of eyes like are lost dead. In some sort of like, I just keep doing this. Maybe I'll get over my problems. No, I'm I'm a performance artist. I'm going to keep going. I don't know if it was commissioned, but it was conceived for this New Year's show on 1984, New Year's Day. It was like a live satellite link-up. You know, we love live satellite link-ups on this show, don't we? Oh, oh we, we love them. I mean, we uh, love them. yeah, especially if you've got a nice jumper. <laughs> got a nice jumper knit. on. A nice knit, yeah. The name of the show was Good Morning, Mr. Orwell. And it was rebuttal to Mr. Orwell's idea of what 1984 was going to be. And how, you know, <laughs> technology was going to be enslaved yeah. us by now. Yeah. And this was um, a kind of satellite link-up kind of... See, oh, well, you... Yeah, it was like a <laughs> celebration of like, Depressing oh, we can have all, all these different artists in all these different places. You know, you've got high art, you've got low art, you've got kind of um, pop music, and you've got um, John Cage tickling microphones with feathers and stuff. So That's that was cool. why it was made. I don't know who got in touch with who, who made this happen... But they made that video in like two days. At the beginning, they're watching a sky kind of like yeah. go over their head. And it really reminded me, is, it, is there a bit like that in Dune? Sky kind of going yeah. fast. Oh, I yeah, know, like... I think there is. I think it's probably the sim superimposition um, techniques that make it similar. Yes, the uh, Maybe. early like, techniques. Those edges are interesting. I'm wondering also about Spy You Love Me, the bit where he... They get out of the uh, big tanker and then he's in the submarine and he and he pops his head out the submarine and I always thought, oh, it's bad superimposition there. <laughs> I wonder if that's the same year. Not sure. I'll have to check the Bond files for that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got them down know, by I your feet, I'm sure. Yeah, I've got just check my tattoos. Hold on. Yeah, it's very lovely. 1983. There we go. <laughs> When it comes on and it kind of fades in and they're sitting in this totally sparse world, like they're huge gods sitting on top of this planet. Yeah. They made this and they're mm. proud of this. They're just like two benevolent gods. But are they benevolent? They're probably not benevolent. They're, they're probably horrible kind of war gods. But like, <laughs> <laughs> they're just so smug. They look around, they're looking in the sky, saying their words, and they look at each other to kind of um, reaffirm what they've just said. And then one of them will just look at us and say a line. Mm. And it's like, 
oh fuck because she does that that's what she does with her art she's confronting the audience all the time it's like on a chat show when after the uh host has done his monologue and he's kind of performing to the studio audience mm. he just quickly has to switch back to talking to the tv audience and say no flipping yeah don't touch, the, don't touch that dial <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of like weird like oh fuck you know she knows we're here it really does accentuate song like when they turn to each other, excellent birds. Mm. Like, um, you don't get that from just listening to it, like, that that's going on, that conversation. I, I think it's because Gabs is crap. Like, I think another <laughs> singer could do it with Laurie Anderson a lot better and you could get this conversation going on. But I really... come across just um, uh, through the audio rather than yeah, needing yeah. need the video. Yeah, and I feel like not enough comes through the the audio, the song, mm. and it's Gabs' fault because he can't do that shit. Where he really thrives is as a geek, like mm. with with Collins making fucking snare sounds that will dominate entire decades, um, making cool little riffs that all fit together nicely. Um, playing with his Fairlight. Playing with Perfect, his Fairlight. Affecting his pipe sound. Yeah, and I, th- I, th- I feel like <laughs> actually in a way you could say that his career has been one big duet, like um, him and the engineer, him and himself as an as engineer. Like yeah. there's like two distinct voices. There's the weird star <laughs> who like, like you were saying, like the hubris, like he sort of has to think that he's great. It's almost like, cause Genesis was like, you got to be the singer. And he's like, well, I guess I'll have to do that. But I'm just actually a geek. Okay. I'll... But he's been, his whole career is having to do that. And just like, yeah. But he doesn't really want to. He must have been the ideas man for for kind of like theatrical makeup and his like masks. Yeah. So he they must have kind of thought, well, he's a leader in that way. So you know, and they hadn't yeah. tapped into they hadn't he... tapped into Phil's um, singing voice at that time. No, I guess. his his you know unquestionable star quality is a yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, none of them in fucking Genesis are really like. Well, you know, front men. I mean, they're all geeks. So we're going to leave Gabriel behind and we're going to mm. follow Laurie on to the next one, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we're going to follow uh, Laurie's star trail. Yeah, and do you want to know who it is going to be? I really, really do, yeah. Who do you think it's going to be? How, how, doing a tiny bit of Laurie Anderson research. David Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> really that's your that's your guess yeah i don't know who she's done it with but i'm just gonna say david byrne because well no it's not it's not david byrne hmm. who is it um it's another it's another um well david byrne wasn't from new york he was just a student there wasn't he but Louis. this is a real, an, a real new york again okay good yeah. good okay fucking ace great See you for Lou Reed. Yeah. Nice, nice uh, clearing up the gaps shit that was all over the, everywhere. Just, yeah, I just want to, I'm never going to listen to gaps again. God, I feel like I might keep listening to so. Like just all these little bass lines are kind of cool. Yeah, I knew you'd like it. Uh, Daniel Anwar, I think he's really good. Oh my god! Do 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 do.
it started off as an idea for an opera for about Edgar Allan Poe. So it's all written about Edgar Allan Poe's works. I mean, we should actually just like go straight for the song, I suppose, first, as yes. it's the duet that we want. We're here to talk about. <laughs> 